Hello and welcome to episode 262 of Section 138. I will once again be your host for this episode, Bryson Poza. Our usual host, Mark, again, was unable to join us for this weekend. We are hoping he's back uh, for the next episode at the end of the Houston series. But of course, alongside, I am joined, I'm joined but with Jacob. Jacob, I'll tell you, coming into this weekend, the 13-0 Tampa Bay Rays came into the town. And of course, the one guy standing in their way for making history was Jose Burrios. I joked about that with you on the last episode. And it turned out to be a reality, of course, Jose Brios getting the win and pretty much helping end that win streak. So that was definitely good to see that. And of course, taking two out of three from the Rays was also a very good weekend. How are you? I'll tell you what, if you can win a series against the undefeated team with the back end of your rotation, I think that this proves that you're a lot better team than than the record shows. Unfortunately, they didn't get it done today. But regardless, as the Blue Jays said on, uh, I think it was the Saturday game, they beat Tampa Bay in a series. It's time for another Toronto team to do it. Let's just hope that things are a little bit better next time throughout the rotation for uh, for a couple players. So there goes the bingo card on that part, uh, mentioning. Hey, it's we're, We have to mention it you, at least once. You brought it up. Oh, okay. I know. Well, that's the only time we're going to mention it. But, of course, the Blue Jays, Maybe. of course, are the team to get it done. <laughs> Not exactly optimistic the other one will get it done, but we'll see. That could be a conversation for another time. Um, we, we could start off again with the Friday game with Jose Barrios. We've talked about... The struggles uh, that have translated into this season, of course, compared and in relation to last season, of course, just trying everything he can to figure things out and get right back on track. He was stepping or he was in the way of history for the Rays. And of course, the Jays were faced off against Drew Rasmussen of the Rays, who didn't allow a run prior to that game um, on Friday night. So we can talk about Jose Barrios first. I mean, I think this was definitely the most optimistic uh, we can come away from his start this season. This was definitely by far the best start of the season for him. Um, Of course, we joked about how he was in the way of uh, the whole history thing with the Rays. He strikes out six and five innings of work. And of course, uh, the start was cut short due to a comebacker off his knee that he suffered in his last at bat of the game. He was at 77 pitches once he was pulled. So you could definitely make a good argument for him that he was going to be able to go back out for the sixth inning. But of course, the Jays uh, are are precautionary with it. They pretty much shut him down after five innings. There's a lot to build off of from that. There's a lot of good takeaways from that. Uh, just overall, Jose Brios looked a lot like the Jose Brios that we are used to seeing from a couple of years ago. And the, the whole idea now is to try and put this thing together. And hopefully this is something that he can carry with him into his next start. But of course, with the back end of the rotation being the main question mark of this team right now, alongside Alec Mano, who who we're going to get into later on in the episode, this was definitely a major uh, stepping stone for Jose Brios uh, if you're a Blue Jays fan. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're looking at, he's maybe arguably fighting for his job at this point. Like, I know he still has got that, that long contract, but he needs to have a bit of a turnaround. And you look at what he was able to do. Obviously, the six strikeouts, zero walks, four hits. So, yeah, it was, I mean, five innings isn't ideal. You ideally want to get six more to try to get to that quality start uh, range, even, you know, depending on the earned runs. But it was a good start. I can't remember if it was the last episode or if it was Barrios we're talking about, but there was somebody in the last two episodes or whatever where we mentioned that the pitches that were supposed to be in the strike zone, you're thinking your fastballs or whatever, were not in the strike zone normally for Barrios. And then you have, you know, your breaking pitches or your changeups where you're trying to get people to chase. They're not chasing because it's like, well, your fastball's not in the strike zone, so I'm not looking in the strike zone. I'm just looking to, you know, 
try and take advantage of whatever I can and maybe walk. And for Barrios, that's what he was able to do. It's just avoid having that be his issue. And you mentioned it. He would have probably stayed out a little bit longer. I mean, yeah, with your strikeouts, that's going to rack up the pitch tracker or the pitch count a little bit more. Uh, same with the hits. But like you're looking at it like the one earned run, the four... Uh, the four hits, like you're you're lowering that whip, you're lowering the, lowering that ERA. Like overall, it was a fantastic start from him, and it's against the Rays too. Like we joke about how the Rays haven't faced a good quality team, so it's like yeah, their thirteen and zero record is really useless or whatever. Like you're looking at uh, this team is good, and if you're Barrios, it's not oh I just barely squeaked by past uh, the Angels or the Royals or whatever. Like you went and took on the team to beat, and you beat them, and you he is. I mean, if you want to talk about the whole bingo card thing from last year, people made a joke. I think Tim Meza said he didn't want to be the bingo card answer uh, to, or the trivia answer to Aaron Judge's home run. Jose Barrios is now that trivia answer. Who's the one that stopped the Rays from extending that winning streak? And he was able to do that. And then I think just really the whole game follows through from that. You look at Trevor Richards and Zach Pop share an inning. Eric Swanson, Jimmy Garcia, or Jimmy Garcia both get an inning. Then you look at Jordan Romano finishing out with the, with a, uh, with the save. That is ideally what you need. You have a bullpen that is perfectly set up for starts like that. Maybe you get another inning out of Brios, but still, that is exactly what you need. And then you look at what the offense was able to do. Obviously, the 10 hits. You know, Bo Bichette, obviously, with the 5 hits. Like, that's just ridiculous here, what he's able to do. And he's hopefully looking to cool or to heat up a little bit. I think this was a very complete game. And they obviously did win the series. So, it's, you know... It, Overall, it was a very, very good series, despite that little bit of the end. But for Barrios, this is, I think, his next start. You know, will probably be either Houston or Tampa. Or, it's uh, uh, Houston, yeah. Uh, Yankees, yeah. Okay, so yeah. So again, another good team. But if you're looking for a mo- momentum builder, he definitely got that last uh, Friday. He definitely did, and of course, a lot of it you can talk about the confidence, which was there. Everything like that was there, but of course, the pitches and the stuff that he was throwing was also there. I don't think any of us have ever questioned the stuff that he has had. It was just about the quality of it, and it was about the location of it. And of course, I guess the pitch that has caused the most uh, question marks around his game, it hasn't been the serve. The serve has actually been something that he's... Uh, relied on he- uh, heavily even more compared to or as a, as the season went on last year and then of course as, as the season has started this year but for me it was the four-seam fastball in terms of what happened with it I mean this was something where he was just struggling to locate it he was struggling to just pretty much pitch it in, uh, in general and when he would when he would pitch it it would be pretty much hit hard it would be hit out of the park he wouldn't be able to locate it that well and of course that goes for his changeup as well but I mean producing four swings and misses with the fastball for me was huge the fact that he was able to you know take it up in terms of velocity a little bit more than usual as well I think he touched around 96 miles per hour as well uh the serve and changeup remained good of course the serve is something that he's been relying on like I said so the fact that he was able to all mix this together for me was really important and just a really big stepping stone I mean you're going at a a Tampa Bay Rays team who you've talked about as much as they've played some questionable uh teams to start the year 13 and 0 is pretty damn impressive to do regardless of who you're playing and you still got to win the games and that's exactly what they've done so this was a really good test for Brios and it's just 
building off it and now you got to hope hopefully maintain this and of course the next start he goes out there will be against the Astros in the next upcoming series so it's not going to it's going to be another test for him of course the Astros haven't exactly played the best out of the gate so far but still it's always a very deep lineup it's a very good team and it's going to be interesting to see as well if he can get over that knee contusion very quickly I think from the most part everything seems to be okay with that in terms of what happened to him of course uh, he was officially diagnosed with a, a left knee contusion so the good part is it was nothing more than a bruise and it just seemed like it was something that got him right on the flesh. And you can see that he was really, you know, feeling that, of course, at the end of his outing. And it definitely pained, you know, I mean, it definitely would have been cool to see him go out for a sixth inning. But, of course, the Jays take the precautionary route. And you mentioned it, Jacob, the bullpen did a very good job holding it after that. Um, after those couple of runs from Jimmy Garcia, of course, Eric Swanson helped keep, keep things in check. And, of course, Jordan Romano came out. And I know we were at the game on the Friday, or people who were at the game on the Friday were able to see uh, from the Sportsnet or, or from uh, the Sportsnet telecast of him coming out um, and not going to com- the commercial break. Uh, pretty much at the beginning of the ninth inning. And that's something that we've seen around the game in terms of, I guess, for example, Edwin Diaz previously, who was on the or who is on the New York Mets last season. This was something that they did almost all the time. So it was really cool that Sportsnet was able to show this on the telecast. Of course, people watching at home is what I was trying to say. And the fact that they were able to just go behind him and get a good view of um, just the atmosphere, of course, around him and just everything about that um, for Jordan Romano before he came in. Of course, he had a really good weekend as well, getting back-to-back saves. And he was another one who was hit with a line or a comebacker off of his uh, his stomach. And he was, I think it was a rib contusion that he, w- he suffered as well. So a couple of uh, pitchers dodging bullets in terms of injuries and, and in terms of comebackers. But for me, it's just the importance of the back end of the rotation was definitely the key uh, to this one. Jose Brios was the start of that. And then if you translate into the next day, on Jackie Robinson Day, Yusei Kikuchi was also somebody at the back end of the rotation who didn't exactly have the greatest outcome in Anaheim. Uh, we talk about two, you know, another guy who had a couple things not go his way. And, of course, that was the ball lost in the sun from Dalton Varsho. And then that pretty much changed his entire outing. And, of course, he comes into this one on a lot better circumstances, I mean, we talked about the strikeouts. We saw the strikeouts. We were there to see it. Nine strikeouts in six innings. The back end of the rotation was crucial to this weekend. It's not something that you would have definitely had predicted or have seen coming. So I just, the fact that Yusei Kikuchi was able to come out the next day as well was very important on that one. Oh, he looked absolutely fantastic in that game. And he was just in control the entire game. Like, we talked about what Barrios did. Kind of similar numbers for Kikuchi, except one extra inning you know, same hits, same earned runs, but nine strikeouts, like nine Ray strikeouts. And I think, who was it? Their leadoff hitter had like three or four of them. Like he, yeah, and and I was sitting there thinking, yeah, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I really need him to get me some fantasy points and had almost a golden sombrero. So that was not, <laughs> uh, not ideal, but he's striking out good hitters. And again, you know, he, maybe it's a little early to say this, but I think that he, him fighting for his job might be over at least for the time being. Like, I'm not saying that if he has a bad start in uh, either Houston or in New York that he's going to be out of the rotation, but he's definitely got some leeway to work with here. And, and again, he just, he, the key is, is he looked in control. And there were a few times uh, that, I think in the first inning, he had a, there was a bloop single to one of the hitters. There was a walk. There, there were opportunities for Kikuchi to kind of let things spiral out of control, and he didn't. He got completely out of it. And again, you look at what he was able to do. You get Swanson, Simber, and Romano out there. That's what you need out of this team. You need your starters to do what they're expected to do, hand it off to the bullpen. And this bullpen's not meant to have three good starters or two good starters at this point and then three question marks. They're doing their job. And then even 
one thing that I want to talk about a little bit, maybe we'll get into a little bit more in depth later, but defense was also helping Kikuchi out there yeah. too. I mean, you see Varsho with a, uh, with a diving catch in left Springer had like two or three balls that came right to where I was sitting in like the right field area. And uh, it was one of them that he didn't catch, but it was a bloop. But then there were a bunch of them where he was diving. Like the defense overall looks really good. And uh, one thing, you know, Kevin Kiermaier didn't necessarily have any like outstanding plays there, but I'm looking, you know, so I was in the outfield for that game and kind of noticed what he was doing. And he's very jittery in in a good way. Like the second that pitch is thrown, he's jumping around like Matt Chapman as if he expects the ball to come to the outfield. And when I talk about that Varsho play and the, and the Springer play, Kevin Kiermaier, it's almost as if he's still running his sprints during the game. Like the ball will be in left field before the, before Varsho even gets a good read on it, Kiermaier is already right behind him. And I think that that just shows that, yeah, he's a great defender. He can flash the leather, but he's also very smart and, and calculated in what he does. And I think that overall, this was a very, very good team win. And yeah, Kikuchi did well. Offense bailed, not bailed him out, but offense did, did its job. And this is a complete team if I've ever seen one. And it's against a good team. And if you're Tampa Bay, I mean, look out. What you, obviously, you got some some losses now under your belt, but... If you can, if you if you say Kikuchi did a, a fantastic job against uh, this very good team, and again with, uh, you know, talk about him and Brios, like they're both looking to to just really increase this momentum against good teams. Absolutely, and again, the fact that he was able to build off of the momentum from the previous night, uh, from what Jose Brios did, uh, it was definitely really important. And I mean, this is something where it feels like we've seen it more consistently from Kikuchi. This uh, pretty much translating back to the spring and even into the first couple starts of the regular season. I know his first two starts weren't exactly the greatest, but they were definitely, for him, I feel like this was something that we were all acceptable with. And of course, a lot of stuff happened in Anaheim that pretty much turned his start around into the uh, in terms of uh, inter- to a negative way. So I think that's pretty much what happened there. And the fact that he was able to pitch a lot better uh, on Saturday and not have so many factors impact to start was really crucial I mean his stuff has remained really good again throughout all this I mean we talked about the velocity uptick in him as well he maintained that and that was also obviously very effective the slider was also really effective too I mean striking out nine guys in six innings this is not exactly something that we were used to seeing last year and even in early the early starts for Kikuchi last year where he was going deeper into the games he still wasn't striking out a whole lot of guys and he was still walking a lot of guys he was still pitching a lot per at-bat to these guys. So this is really a different type of pitcher uh, that we're seeing. He looks focused. He looks dialed in. He continues to look uh, just, you know, confident on the mound as well. And, I mean, this is something where he's not going to be pitching in the Houston series, but I believe he's going to be pitching in that Yankee series next weekend. So that's something that he's going to have to be able to um, bring with him, of course, to Yankee Stadium in a really important outing. So. That's really, it's just the fact that these two guys went out there on Friday and Saturday and looked really good was definitely really uh, crucial on that. You talked about it in terms of the offense, too, coming through uh, for him in the fourth and the sixth inning. I mean, Whit Merrifield had a double to pretty much take the lead. It was the go-ahead double. Danny Jansen, who's had a, a little bit of a slow start to the season, had a big single. George Springer had a bases-loaded walk. And, of course, Alejandro Kirk also had a single as well. And uh, Danny Jansen was, I or sorry, George Springer, who's pretty much had a really good weekend as well. I mean, we, we didn't even talk about his leadoff home run in the Friday game. So he looked locked in at the plate. You talked about it. He made a really good defensive play as well, even despite having a bad read at the beginning. It was the fact that he was able to recover. Uh, I think that made that catch over the shoulder pretty much early in the game very important too. And pretty it was pretty cool how he was able to do that. So all of that pretty much happened. I guess now that we are past 
um, the first series of the season against the Rays. Now that we've seen the Rays, and of course the the, the Rays dropped two to three to the Blue Jays. I'll ask you, Jacob. Have or you know going back to the preseason for what you can remember in terms of how you ranked the Rays or just how you would have predicted the Rays to be this year, based off of that early start they had, and of course after the series against the Jays, have your expectations uh, of the Rays changed throughout this weekend from what you saw, and even of course going back to that thirteen uh, game winning streak to start the year, or do you think it was kind of more of a fluky start for the year? I'm not going to say it was a fluke, but I'm also not necessarily ready to judge them. I, I think you got to give it at least a month for any baseball team, if not two. I mean, you play 162 games for a reason. It's not like hockey where after, or basketball or football or any of those sports where it's like, yeah, you can get an idea of what you really are after a couple weeks or a month at most. I think that we really do need to see a little bit more of the Rays. And even for the Blue Jays, like, yeah, they're on a overall uh, except for that like three-game losing streak at the start of the season. They're on, a, I think, an upwards hill right now. They're doing well, but I still don't necessarily fully know what they have because they do have those question marks. You've only now seen each pitcher, uh, I think this is the fourth time through the rotation now, so Manoa four, but everyone else three. I still think you need to to see a little bit more out of uh, out of the Rays. So I'm, I'm, I predicted them in third. I think I had the Blue Jays winning the division, the Yankees second. I'm not going to change my expectations yet. I still think the Rays um, are going to be good, and third place doesn't mean they're out of the playoffs. Like, let's not forget that. That could still make them make them a playoff team. So I'm not necessarily going to change my expectations, but they are. If I had like a like a slider, I'd have it like a little bit less in the middle, like more towards the like favorable side. But I'm not necessarily ready to say like, yeah, they're going to be this or they're not going to be this because it it still is too early in my opinion. It definitely is. It's just. Of course, the strength for their start of the season has definitely been from their uh, their rotation and their bullpen. They're pitching all together. I mean, I, t- I remember talking about it uh, at the prediction episode in terms of how they didn't really address anything offensively. I mean, they pretty much kept that same lineup um, pretty much for, I guess, their their core of it. And the fact that they're just going out there with the same lineup and, of course, the pitching got healthier and they made a couple moves here and there. But the fact that they're able to pull this off time and time again is definitely something that's just frustrating overall. But, of course, they came in 13-0 and and glad that they left Toronto uh, not undefeated anymore. So that's definitely the big part about this weekend for sure. And it was just, it was just something that was really, I guess, good to see because of how, I guess, how the Rays overperform against the Jays and all that. So while we've talked about the good parts, there were still some negative parts that happened this weekend. And in particular, it happened again today on the Sunday game. And that is with Alec Manoa uh, once again. I mean, it just for, unfortunately for Alec Manoa so far, he still doesn't look comfortable on the mound. Uh, We've talked about what is holding him back or what's going on with him. If it's his mechanics or if it's his confidence, it might be both other factors that we don't know about. The one thing that we know about for sure is that he is struggling to locate his pitches. Uh, this was something that was pretty much translated well early on in the game. I mean, 35 pitches in the first inning. Just for me, again, it's just it's very it's very weird to see this happen, Alec Mano, because we've never seen this happen to him before in terms of him struggling like he has. So he's obviously dug himself into a hole to start the year. Uh, the ace of this rotation, of course, being the opening day starter, the, there's no question, and there's no one denying the fact that the Blue Jays need him. It's just really bizarre of what's going on with Alec Mano. Of course, seven earned runs, fails to reach the fifth inning again. So, Jacob, I remember asking you to kick off the last episode, are you concerned with Alec Mano? I don't think you said yes. So let me give you the chance to... Answer the question again. Are you concerned with Alec Manoa? Yeah, it's uh, it's getting tough. I mean... Your fantasy pitcher. He, 
I don't want to... Marcus Stroman's having a good season. Urias disappointed me today. I will get Verlander back. I don't want to talk about my pitching. My pitching is fine. Uh, But it's getting tough. I mean, I do trust him. This is now like he pitched fantastic 2021 and fantastic in 2022. I don't think that he had a fluke good season last year and a fluke debut season. But I am starting to get a little worried. I mean, you look at who his next start's going to be. I'm assuming that will be... Uh, probably the Yankees. It's the Yankees, Either yeah. The, yeah, Yankees. So, I, it doesn't get any easier from here. And I mean, you know, you look at after that, it's probably going to be Seattle. Um, So, good teams. You know, he's got to locate things. And if you want to be the ace of the staff, you got to beat the good teams. Like, congrats, you can beat the Royals. And, or you didn't pitch against the Royals. But you can beat the good team or the bad teams. But you got to pitch against the good teams. And if you're going to play deep into the season and deep past the season, you're going to need to to only pitch against good teams. And, I don't know. I like. I think it's a mystery. Like you talk about Jose Barrios last year, it was just straight up a mystery. Like, yeah, we can say his fastball wasn't there or whatever, but nobody could figure out why he was struggling the way he was, given the work that he was putting in. And I don't know. I like. I I want to say that it was nerves, but eventually you get into a groove. This is now, like I said, his fourth uh, start of the season. Eventually, you get into a little bit of a groove, and you realize, okay, opening day. Um, the home opener, the pressure's on you if you want to consider it to be like that. But now it's not really like that. It's just a regular start. Yeah, you're at home. Yeah, it's the Rays. But I don't know. It, he's definitely digging himself into a bigger hole. And I mean, if it is confidence in mechanics, it, unfortunately, it, you know, I hate to say this, but it might get even worse now that his ERA is, I think it's close to eight or whatever it is now, just, like 798 or something. Like it's definitely, uh, it's definitely not looking good for him. So We'll have to see. I, I'm sure he'll put in work. And here's the thing. He is a good pitcher. He was a, a finalist for the Cy Young last season for a reason. He clearly knows what he's doing. I think he will get back to things. And, you know, when it's all said and done, he will be one of the most uh, reliable pitchers in the American League, if not league. Uh, but it's definitely not off to a good start. And, and I I just, I, I'm kind of lost at this point. I mean, you look at, especially after Kikuchi and Barrios having such good uh, starts against this team, you'd think that that would almost help him. Like, who cares? You've won the series. You don't have to go out there. Yeah, you're probably the ace, but you don't have to be an ace. You just have to help win the game for your team. And it's not like, oh, you lose this and you get swept by the Rays. Like, at the, if you're looking at it from, like, a big picture perspective, it's just a game. Uh, it doesn't matter. You've already won the series. But we'll have to see. I think he'll definitely hopefully use this road trip maybe get away from the fans i'm sure the fans obviously are not heckling him but you know get away from it go to different cities play against different teams and then we'll see what what he's able to do against that but yeah i'm getting nervous but i wouldn't say that i'm i'm hitting the panic button on him yet because like i said like literally two minutes ago or whatever you can't judge a team based off of a couple games couple performances I give him at least three to four more starts where I say like, oh, maybe this is more of a representation of what the season will be for him. Yeah, if you're looking for any positives, of course, it's that his velocity did go back up and that has been another conversation with him in particular. feels like there's been velocity talk in terms of every pitcher on this team, but I mean, for Alec Manoa, definitely one of the more noticeable ones in terms of how it was dipping, but today uh, it was back up there touching 95 uh, for Alec Manoa. So yeah, like it, it's the point of how the, the start, how it began, of course, and then it felt like near the middle uh, of his uh, his outing, he, he seemed like he was settling in. I mean, it sounded like he got more control. He began locating the zone. He was striking guys out, 
and then basically near the end of the or near the end of his outing, as he uh, he didn't be able, he didn't reach the fifth inning, he then allowed more runs, and then that's when it went to seven run runs. So it definitely looked like they were trying to let him get out of the inning in terms of what happened in the fifth inning, but of course uh, it didn't didn't work out for him when he gave up that that home run. So I mean they're trying to get him to work through it. Of course he's going to continue to work through it. It's just for us, I think it's more about us being just not used to seeing these struggles. And in relation to the other guys you mentioned, Jacob, I mean, we went through the same thing last year with Barrios, just kind of questioning what was going on. But I think we're still, for the most part, all optimistic with Alec Manoa. Of course, you mentioned the ERA. Uh, it's currently at 698 uh, after this start today. So definitely inflated. And, of course, that's the goal to get it down. The good part is, as much as he has struggled this year, if you want to look based off his entire career, he's pitched well against the Yankees throughout his entire career. So hopefully that is used to his advantage and hopefully it doesn't go the other way. Uh, they, they're going to need a, a good start out of him next weekend as well. So it just feels like for majority of these guys, of course, excluding Kevin Gosman, who's been the most consistent starter, there was a stat done um, pretty much yesterday. I believe it was prior to yesterday or today's game, which was done yesterday on Saturday. So it's definitely a lot higher what I'm about to mention, but it just show it's just going to show basically of how, uh, important getting uh, the first time through the orders for this rotation. And so far, unfortunately, it hasn't been ex- it, it, exactly an area of strength for them. So Blue Jays rotation this season, first time through the order, an ERA of 887. Uh, second time through the order is 395. Third time through the order is 307. So again, this was prior to Alec Manoa's start today, which means it's probably a little bit higher now uh, in terms of first inning ERA or first time through the order ERA. It just shows that throughout all of this inconsistencies from this rotation, that has been a common issue with all of them in terms of first time through the order and how these teams are able to get at the at the starting pitching very quickly. So that's been an area of concern, of course, for uh, the bulk of the rotation. But of course, you can't ignore the fact that Chris Bassett and basically everybody else uh, in terms of Barrios and Kikuchi had a really good start recently. So that's something, again, to build or build off of. So that's the good news on that one. With Alec Manoa, I think it's just a lot of question marks right now, and it's just a lot of I mean, optimism, of course, he's going to get through this. I think he has the entire confidence of this entire staff, which is really good. And it's just a matter of time of him figuring it out. Because, again, there were flashes throughout the middle of his start where it felt like he was in a groove and he settled down. And then near the end of his inning in the fifth inning, he he wasn't able to finish it, of course. And then that's when he gave up the home run. So now that we have talked about basically... Uh, the starters throughout this weekend, majority of it being good, of course, taking two out of three uh, from the Rays, and that's been the most part. I, I don't know if you had any other takeaways from the series, if you did or not. Uh, well, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I probably should have saved it for now, but Kevin Kiermaier, um, I, I just, I was in the outfield, and we, um, I had a full like view of, of pretty much everything. There was nobody blocking me or my view or anything. He is definitely a, one of the premier, just not even defenders, but just all-around players like you, you you see uh like i mentioned like the ball is in the air springer and varsho don't even have a read on it yet i mean obviously they know where the ball's going but uh kiermaier is already behind either of them at that point so you know that even if that ball gets behind either of the outfielders kevin kiermaier is going to get it and i just think that we we got to talk about him a little more like he's definitely an underrated signing i think but at this point he's going to be you know he's going to be getting a lot more than nine million at this rate i mean even the bunts for the base hits and i think that just He's he's easily proving to be one of the most valuable players on this team. But other than that, I think that's kind of it. Like we touched on it, the rotation, uh, the back end of it's looking a lot better this season. Uh, definitely did very well, and it's 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 nice to to have the Blue Jays specifically be that team that broke the Rays streak because, I, like I know I don't really want to breed into the whole like weak opponents whatever. It's hard to win thirteen games in a row, like regardless of who your opponents are. But it's just a nice way to do it. You come home. 
you are you are home. You have the Rays first uh, big division matchup of the season, and you just for you win the series. Like, I think it overall was a very uh, entertaining and fun series to watch. It definitely was. And the next time the Jays will see the Rays will be the end of May. So that's going to be, of course, another interesting series. It's going to be at the Trop when that comes. But, of course, lots of baseball until then. Uh, we talked about this upcoming road trip briefly. And, of course, this week or this entire week, the Jays are now going to be out of town. They are first going to go to Houston before they have an off day in the middle of the week. And then they finish the road trip next weekend in New York. Two tough teams. I mean, we know how good the Yankees are in terms of being in the AL East. We know how good the Astros have been basically for every year from what we can remember. So after a successful, I would say, first homestand, of course, I believe you would agree with me on that one, of course, winning both series is what is your expectations for this upcoming road trip? Once again, not exactly an easy one. And still a couple things that this team has to work to, or work on in terms of um, the pitching staff that we've t- talked about a lot throughout this episode. Um, so it's six games. You got Houston and then the New York Yankees. Both are good teams. I mean, Astros currently are under 500, but I mean, they're the Astros. Somehow you know, we can joke about how bad they are, but they are uh, the trash can and everything. But they're a good team. Like, let's be real here. And then the Yankees currently 10 and 6. So I'm not going to look at record that much, but, you know, just an understanding of like how these two teams are starting out. Um, I think... I don't want to say 500 in like a pessimistic way, but it is two good teams. And if you can win one of those series, then I think that it is a, it is a good sign. I mean, like I keep mentioning, the expectation is the playoffs and you're not going to sweep a playoff series. You know, very likely you're not going to sweep a playoff series. You're going to lose some games against good teams. But the, the difference between, I think, a team that's contending and a team that's on the verge of contending is you're able to get that extra win when you need to. And so if you're able to at least be 500, maybe go 4-2, and two, win, win for sure one of these series, if not both, then I would consider that to be an ideal series or ideal road trip. And you're going to get your whole rotation through this at least once. So it's a, it's a big test. It's, you're going to have some tough opponents, but uh, I, think, I think it's uh, you need to at least take one of these series, if not more. Yeah, it's going to be, um, I guess the fact that the Astros have gone off to a slow start is definitely going to help. And of course, the Yankees have had a very similar start in terms of that record with the Jays. Of course, as of now, I believe they are tied in record um, with that. So I think today they lost Giancarlo Stanton uh, for a little bit. That's another injury to the injury bug. I don't want to talk about that. Of course not. And then <laughs> we talked about the other stuff that they've deal- they've been dealing with. So it'll be fun next weekend. And of course, this upcoming week in Houston will be fun. Uh, it's time. It's that time of the podcast now where we get to our series predictions. I believe all of us were wrong this past weekend in terms of predicting one out of three. Of course, not enough optimism. It doesn't seem like for, uh, from the Jays this weekend that we showed. So let's see if we can get back on track uh, this upcoming week. I don't think Mark sent in his series prediction, so I don't know what that's going to be. Um, if he, We'll see if he sends it in quickly or not. But of course, I'll start with you, Jacob. Your series prediction this week in Houston. Well, I just want to say that I was the most right last week or um, last episode no, saying that they were, I said, I said they were going to win the Kikuchi game. Okay. But you still said one out of three. Okay. But you guys said they were going to win the Manoa game. You're just nitpicking. You didn't know. Okay. Okay. But like, that's what, <laughs> whatever. Anyways, um, it's going to be, t- I mean, you got game one, Gosman versus Javier. You've got Bassett, Yurkidi in the uh, second game, and then Brios versus Garcia third game. So I think they take two out of three. I'm going to – I think they win the the uh, Gosman and the Brios game, 
I, I think like almost every episode I've said they're going to lose the Bassett game for the next series. Like I'm not being pessimistic. I just, I don't know. I, I, whatever. But I think that, um, I think Kevin Gosman's good enough that he can easily just dominate this team. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jose Brios has another good start, but for Kevin, uh, not Kevin Gosman for, um, Chris Bassett, I don't think he's going to pitch poorly, but it's hard to predict a sweep. I like, I, I, if I had to bet money on it, I think that the first and last game they'll win, but not that's not uh, necessarily anything against um, Chris Bassett. I wanted to go with Gosman and Barrios, but for the sake of it, I'll go with Gosman and Bassett uh, to win this. I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong choosing Kevin Gosman to win right now based off the start that he's gotten off to this season. So I think that's definitely a safe pick and very expected of that. And of course, then you're talking Bassett, Barrios, both of them coming off pretty good starts. I mean, both of them respectfully. And of course, it's more about Barrios, I think, handling the consistency than we are concerned with Bassett. But of course, he's also sorting through his own issues as well um, with that. So I don't know if Mark was able to send something in, but I think, oh, I think we he did send something in. He just in. did. So he's also predicting two out of three. Uh, okay, so there, there you go. So all three of us are going to predict two out of three on that. And I think for the most part, that covers everything. And I think we'll wrap it up there. So as, as always, you can support our podcast. The link is in the bio on social media. And of course, below this episode from there, you can check out our YouTube, our Bias to Coffee, and, our, and pretty much our Discord from all of there. So a big road trip this week. We've talked about it. Houston and New York. Um, we'll catch you then. Yeah.